0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Write your own headlines. Now, some of us, are kind of news junkies. I don't know about the young people, but I know older people, they kind of get up in the morning and they get their newspaper. Does everyone have any newspapers anymore? I don't even think they make newspapers. Who buys newspapers? Anyone of you buy newspapers? Norman buys <laughs> newspapers. One person. But you guys have smart devices, right? You just get on your phone, you get all the news from all across the world in one place, and you can check that out. Some of you probably check out the news, some of you might go to Facebook, some of you might go to Instagram. So what's the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning? Scroll through Facebook? Instagram? <laughs> well, the spiritual ones of you be like, I went to my Bible right away. But I'm here to confess that sometimes I don't do that right away. Sometimes I check the basketball scores first. So, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I'd like to be honest and tell you the truth that, you know, that's how what I do. But hey, we'd love to do things first. But, you know, sometimes it's important in life to realize that headlines can kind of set your mood, right? You get a great headline, you're like, government says everyone gets a thousand dollars this month. Woohoo! You're excited, right? (laughs) You're excited for that because that's awesome. Then you see a headline that says petrol prices doubled. That's not so exciting. Can I? I don't know about that. I don't feel that great about that. My bank account's going to be a bit depleted, as what's just talked about. Not so excited about that headline. You, currently, we see there might be war in Europe. That's kind of anxiety-inducing because you're wondering what's going to happen. If you're concerned about justice, you're concerned about what's happening across the world. That's not so great, right? Um, then you, during lockdown, we used to get these pandemic updates all the time. Who was excited to see that? No, that was a bit of a downer, right? We don't want to see those numbers. We don't want to listen to those things. Let's turn those headlines off. But here's an important principle. What we give our concerns to has the ability to shape our focus. Right? What we lean into has the ability to change our mood. Because so often in life, when we get good news, we are happy. We get bad news, we're not so happy, we're kind of depressed, we're anxious. You're waiting for that job announcement, you're anxious. So many times, things in our world have the ability to shape our mood. Yes. But as Christ followers, most of us, we don't want to be like the Melbourne weather, right? Changing every day for constantly. We want to be able to have a consistent attitude in life. Because the reality is that we've been encouraged, we've been blessed, if I can use that word, we've been endowed with different things from God, that we don't have to be like a wave on the ocean tossing to and fro. We can have stability in life. But so often, we're shaped by what goes on around us. And our focus sometimes shifts from what's important to what's pressing to what's urgent to what's necessary. And we have this this day sometimes that fluctuates in so many different ways because our attention shifts from this to this and our focus shifts from this to this. And sometimes you don't even get things done because your mind is so scattered because you think you have so much stuff you got to do that nothing actually gets done. Ever had one of those days? Had plenty of those days. Maybe you're distracted so much that you don't even notice what's happening in your world. You ever had a time, and this happens to me quite a bit, that I'm driving by and I see a building, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that building was there. And I've driven by that road like 50 times, and I've not noticed that thing there, and like all of a sudden it's there? Like where did that come from? And my wife's like, that's been there for ages. (laughs) Like you just didn't notice. Because I wasn't paying attention to it, right? I wasn't focusing on it, and therefore I didn't realize it was there. So many times, things in our world, maybe it's a sign or something, and you notice for the first time, but it's been there for ages. It seems like it's new, but it's always been there, and you just didn't realize it. Yeah. What happened there? Well, you just weren't paying attention. Your focus was elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe the reverse is true. Sometimes we focus in, in the minute and the little minutiae of details that we miss the big picture. Sometimes we are mad at someone. We are in an argument with someone. We are frustrated with someone. We have ill feelings against someone because they started an argument. But we don't even remember what the argument was. We just know we are mad at them. Uh, what, are you, what are you mad? Uh, I don't remember why I'm mad, but I know I'm mad. <laughs> right? They did something. Maybe your best friend or maybe your friend said something about you. And that's what started something, some argument, some conversation. And you had some ill feelings towards them. And then that kind of just disappeared in time. And you don't remember what she said about you. But you know that you're upset at her. (laughs) Sometimes we just want to be mad for mad's sake. We don't know why we're mad, but I just want to be mad. I don't remember what started it, but I'm going to be mad. See, our focus is in so many different places sometimes. We kind of get distracted by everything. And sometimes we get distracted by nothing. And as human beings, we are pulled in so many different directions, right? And so, how do we keep from being swayed by what is presented to us? Because, as I said before, our mood can shift from being great to being depressed to being happy. All based, not internally, nothing that's going on within us, but everything that's based externally, Situations in the world, situations that's happening around us, situations in our community, news broadcasts, headlines that kind of take us away from our mood. So many times we're influenced and led in different directions based by external circumstances and not by internal grounding. But we're called to be grounded in who we are and not being tossed to and fro. Paul, of course, the great apostle, and if you know anything about Paul, he had this tremendous transformation in his life where he traveled on this road to Damascus because he was going to hunt down some Christ followers, put them in prison, or worse, and he had this amazing encounter with the, resurrection, with the resurrected Christ. You know, and his life was completely changed around. He went from hating people that followed Jesus to loving them. He went from trying to exterminate them to trying to convert as many to Christ. And through this amazing journey of life, not everyone was on his side. In fact, the people that were on his side to begin with wanted to exterminate him. And then people that hated him came on his side. It was just a flip, right? And so ultimately, Paul gets imprisoned. He's put in a Roman prison and he's under lock and key. But his influence has extended so much and he's gone on so many missionary journeys that churches and, and places have come to know who Jesus is. And so while Paul is in a Roman prison, it's come to his attention that the church at Colossae has been going through some turmoil. They are actually being distracted, as we're talking about, by so many things that are happening in their world. They'd come to follow Christ, they'd come to believe in the living Savior, they'd come to believe in who Jesus was, but at times, people had come into the church, had come into the fellowship, had come into the gathering, were trying to convince them that Christ was not sufficient, that they had to do other stuff, they had to follow certain procedures, they had to go through certain rituals, they had to do certain things in order to complete their faith in Christ. And so this is exactly what was happening at the Colossian church. So many people were coming in and saying, this is the right way to do this and that's the right way to do this and you've got this wrong and you've got that wrong and and they were distracted, so many things, so many headlines in their world saying this is right and this is wrong and this is right and this is wrong and they were being pulled in so many different directions and so they lost focus on who Jesus actually was to them. So Paul begins to write this letter from a Roman prison to encourage them to remain committed to the real thing, to who they first discovered, to set their attention on the right thing and not be distracted by other people's opinions, other people's words, other people's principles even, but remain true to who they were in Christ Jesus. Which is so important for us today because we live in a world that is being constantly bombarding us with so much information. We can get information like never before. We can get it at our fingertips. We have, you know, computers that do amazing things in the palm of our hand. While before, in order to get the news, you need to go to, you know, a news agent and buy a newspaper. You don't need to do that anymore. You need to find, you can find out instantly what's happening across the world. There's so much information that's being put into our head. So much so that we're actually not paying attention to anything. We are overstimulated with so much information, we don't retain anything. We scroll through Facebook and posts and stuff. And let me ask you a question. How much do you remember about what you scrolled through yesterday? Not much. You might have scrolled through like 50 different posts. You might remember one or none. Because our brain is just filled with so much information that it can't even begin to hold on to it. And so therefore, when there's so much information, we don't retain anything. We're distracted and we're not grounded in it. So Paul writes this and I want you to lean into what he's saying because it's so amazing. It actually gives us so much to hold on to. And today, I want to help you to write your own headline. You don't need to be influenced by things that are coming from the outside when you have some amazing facts that come from God in your relationship. So this is what Paul says in Colossians as he's writing to them. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then he says, set your minds... On things above, not on earthly things, but on heavenly things, right? For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ Jesus. You no longer exist because you are hidden in Christ. He's enveloped you. He surrounded you. You are hidden in Christ. So therefore, set your hearts and set your minds. He says in verse number one, he says, set your hearts. And then he says, set your minds. Because, as we know, we can have our mind on something, but our heart in a different direction. We can have our heart set on one thing, but our mind is focusing on something else. And sometimes, our hearts and minds have been disconnected from each other. Because we're busy thinking about stuff, but our heart is somewhere else. Sometimes, even in our marriages... Our mind might be in it, but our heart is not there. When it should be both. Sometimes in our work environment, our mind is there, but our heart is not there. We hate the job. We don't want to be there, but we have to be there because we have to focus in. But Paul is saying, I need you to focus your mind and your heart on what God wants you to. Right? I love how the King James Version actually breaks it down better. In in fact, I prefer the King James version of verse number two, because in this version it says, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, right? Set your affections, which, you know, when you talk about mind and heart, it, it can be very clinical, but this poetic version says affections. You know what an affection is? You can feel that. It's an affection. It's not just thoughts. It's an affection. And according to the dictionary, an affection is a feeling or liking or caring for someone or something. It's tender attachment. So what is Paul saying? He's saying, have tender attachments, not to anything down here, not to these temporary things, but to the eternal things that come from God. Have a genuine love, a deep feeling of fondness and appreciation, for the things that are eternal, Amen. not for the things that are temporary. Mm-hmm. See, the reality is that when we have a strong attachment to our true purpose in God, then the things that distract us from our purpose become apparent. Yeah. When the things that distract us from what we are truly called to be will stop being, pull, pulling us away from the things that we are really supposed to be doing. We're not going to be pulled in different directions because, you know, when you're driving on a highway, I was talking to a police officer one time. They had some cars, and it was a bright-colored car, you a know, police car. It wasn't like the white and blue one. This was like a multicolored neon one. It was bright blue with bright green and orange stripes. And I said to him, like, that's pretty obvious. Everyone would see that coming a mile away, right? And he said, you know, you'd be surprised... But how many people miss this because they're not focused on anything else but what's in front of them? They're driving that fast, they're not even looking at the periphery. And even though our car is that brightly colored, they miss it. Alright. so what I'm saying to you is when you focus in on your purpose you're not going to be distracted by any other stuff that's going to be brought into you whether it's from a person whether it's from things in the world your purpose is going to be so clear in front of you that you're not going to be pulled in various directions but we have so much stuff across our screens and across our world, that we're looking from here to here to here, and we don't have any way to go ahead because we move a little bit in this direction, then we're pulled in this direction, then we're pulled in this direction, then we're pulled in this direction, in this direction and we don't actually get anywhere. That's right. That's right. Yep. Because we are so busy trying to do all of this stuff that our purpose is actually diminished. And so Paul is saying, focus in. See, when we form an unhealthy attachment to temporary things, we tend to get off course. When we form unhealthy attachment to temporary things, we tend to get off course. We were not created to find fulfillment here. We were created to find fulfillment in Christ. It's only Him that will complete us. And as much as you want to fill your world with stuff and things, it will never actually make you feel satisfied. When we lean into affections for our possessions, or status, or fame, or fortune, or things that are in this world, we're shaped by the rise and fall of human emotions. Because when we feel like our bank account is going up, we're happy. When it goes down, we're not. We look at our bank account as our provider and not as God as our provider. And therefore, His stability is not in our view because this instability is in our view because it goes up and down. Well, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He does not change. And we can't focus in on Him because we're distracted by this. But if we learn that regardless of how we go up and down here, our stability comes from Him, our headlines come from Him, we're not going to be shaken, we're not going to be moved, we're not going to be like the Melbourne weather, up and down. When we, we think when we have more possessions, we think we'll be happy. When we get a promotion, well then, people will respect us more. I'll be somebody... When I get more followers on Instagram or Facebook, well, then maybe then people will look up to me. Or maybe when I get some more finances, people will actually pay me attention. We look for completion. We look for validation in temporary things. And when that temporary things crumble, we crumble along with it. When this happens... Our lives are intertwined by the current headlines, by the whims of the stock market, by our bank accounts, by our likes or dislikes on Facebook. Our moods are up and down, fluctuating like the stock market. But as I said, I want to teach you to write your own headlines. Because the reality is, God has already written it on your heart. Maybe you've just not read it yet. See, you can't always change your circumstances, but you can always change your perspective. You can't always change your circumstances, but you can always change your perspective. Let me give you an example that comes from Scriptures. Those of you who might have read the Old Testament or seen the Prince of Egypt, maybe, (laughs) understand who Moses is, right? Moses was a man called by God to lead his people from one place to another, which is kind of like what you do. You do that in your family. You do that in your work. You do that in your life. You're responsible to lead someone to a better place. All of you want to give someone better for your family, right? Something better in your family. You want to give them your chick your kids your husband your wife you want to provide them with something better you want to lead them to a better place right you don't want to lead them to a worse place we don't consider those good people but all of us we want to lead people to a better place well as moses was leading these people to the land that god promised them they got to the place where they had come to this place almost into the promised land that god had said and so moses decided to send 12 men 12 spies to go out and check out the land and see what it's like. And he says, you know, go in there, check out what's happening, see the conditions, see who lives there, see how many people are there, what it's like, is it fertile, is it good land, what's happening in this land? So he sent these 12 guys out to check out what's happening. And so 12 of them went into the land and then they returned. But as you know from reading, or if you don't, two of them gave A different report to the other ten right Joshua and Caleb they came back and said this is an amazing land it's a land filled with milk and honey it's amazing there's so much prosperity there there's so much you know goodness there there's such good things in this place God is surely taking us to an amazing place well the other ten well they said this is a horrible place you don't want to get in this place at all This is the worst kind of place. There's giants in there that will completely eliminate us, destroy us. This is what they said in Numbers 13. They said, the land we explore devours those living in it. Which is completely, radically different, right? To what Caleb and Joshua said, where this land is a land filled with milk and honey. Now, did these 12 guys see the same thing? Of course they did. They all saw the exact same thing. Why did they come back with such deferring reports? Why do you think that two of them were like, wow, this is awesome, while ten of them were like, boo, this sucks? It was their perspective, right? It was where they were grounded. It's who they trusted. It's who they believed in. See, Caleb and Joshua didn't look to the size of the opposition, they looked at the size of their God. While these ten, they looked at the size of the opposition and diminished the size of their God. Two exact same, or t- to one group with two differing opinions. Completely different. They were like, danger lurks here it's going to be the death of us, we're going to be destroyed, we're going to be eaten whole, we're going to be consumed, we're just going to be eliminated. Is that a good report? I would think so. If you heard that, like, hey, you want to go down to this restaurant and you're like, don't go there because they treat you bad, they give you poison food, they kick you out, they mistreat you, like, all right, let's go. Would you say that? No, you're probably not. But if someone said, this is an amazing restaurant, they have amazing food, they're so nice, they're so generous, they're so welcoming, you're like, all right, let's go try that. But they could be both speaking about the same thing. Two different perspectives, same place. And so often in our world, we are influenced by what other people say about something. We don't discover it for ourselves We don't explore it for ourselves. We wait on other people's opinions to tell us how to think, how to act, and how to behave. And we don't rely or wait on God's perspective. Here is the good news. Our lives are not defined by someone else's headlines. We don't need to set our minds on earthly things. But we do need to get a godly perspective, right? If you want to get clinical, here it is. Cognitive reframing is shifting your mindset to look at a situation or relationship from a positive perspective. And you have the ability to do that. Someone else doesn't have to define your perspective. You can define your own perspective. You can determine your own headlines. Don't let people tell you what it means. You decide the meaning. Let God's word shape you. Let God's opinion help you decide what's important for your life. Not what other people think. Not what other newscasters think. Not even what people around you think. And this is what Paul does. Paul, Paul is writing this because he doesn't want people to buy into negative thinking. Negative views. Sometimes we sink into this, this sinkhole of just having negative views of the world. Negative views of life. Negative views of everything. And that actually spirals us deeper and deeper into depression. You'll never come out of it when you're just thinking negative of everything around you. Oh, my job sucks. My house sucks. My wife sucks. My husband sucks. I hate my kids. I hate everything. I'm going to have a great day. Does that that work that way? It doesn't work. When you have negative views about something, you're not going to have a positive day. So he says this, you could have the view that God has blessed you. You could have the view that God is blessed. With you, because He is. You could have the view that regardless of your ups and downs, the stability in your life comes from Him. No matter what you go through, God is with you. That's the perspective you should have, because that's the reality of your world. Don't be shaped by what's going on around you. Shaped by what God says about you. See, Paul could have easily just sunk into the sinkhole of depression because the reality was when he was writing these letters to the Philippians and to the Colossians, he was in prison. And he could be like, oh my gosh, God has abandoned me. You know, I've been out there serving him. I've been out there talking about him. I've been out there doing all these amazing things. And look what he did. He just abandoned me. let me be locked up in prison. And now I'm going to die. Now I'm going to be beheaded. And that's the end of my life. I'm depressed. I'm sad. He could have said that, right? He ended up in a Roman prison. But that's not the headline that Paul wrote for himself. This is what he actually says when he writes to the Philippians from his prison cell. He says this, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. He's not saying, Oh my gosh, I'm languishing in this prison cell. Someone please come and rescue me. No, he's saying, I want you to understand that what has happened to me has actually helped to advance the gospel. And you're thinking, advance the gospel, Paul? What do you mean? You're locked up in a prison cell. You can't talk to anyone. You can't go anywhere. What's advancing? Maybe you're advancing in age, but not in anything else. But that's what he says. And then he tells you why. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace God and to everyone else, that I am in change for Christ. I've been put in these chains, I've been put in this prison, not for anyone else, but for Christ. And because of my change, listen to clear what he says, and because of my chains, not in spite of, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord, and they all the more proclaim the gospel without fear." See, they took Paul and they put him in prison, and they said their headlines was, Paul, the great apostle, muzzled. Locked up in prison, can't share anything, can't go anywhere. Caught. If they had newspapers back in the day, it would be a big picture of him, like Time magazine, Time caught, plastered all over it. Imprisoned. This guy has been caught and put in prison. That was the headline. But Paul's headline was completely different. Paul's headline was Roman pan plan backfires. Apostle Paul preaches to a captive audience. You see, they couldn't go anywhere. They attained to him, they had to guard him, they had to listen to him. Whether they liked it or not, they were captive to what he said. He wasn't the captive. They were. (laughs) And so he preached, right? Romans wrote Paul. Paul preached this message. And even though the Romans thought that Paul was their prisoner, Paul knew that they were his prisoner. Because they had to be on God. And every time the shift changed, here was Paul speaking about Jesus Christ. Next shift, preaching about Jesus Christ. And they couldn't run away. They had to stay. And the reality is that some of them actually came to the knowledge and faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, they talked to other people. And in fact, some of the household of Caesar became Christ followers because Paul was put in a Roman cell and they thought they muzzled him. But Paul's headline was completely different to their headline. See, you can write your own headlines. You might not control your circumstances, but you can control Your perspective. Some of us face real challenges and we might think that they're huge challenges but some of them are challenges are opportunities wrapped up in packages. You think it's a challenge but it's just an opportunity. You just need to change your perspective. We think that the enemy Plasters all these headlines over our life like failure and inadequate and depressed and financially broke and, you know, wrecked marriage and all these things. He plasters all that over our lives. But God says, you know, you've been redeemed, you've been loved, you've been restored, you've been forgiven, you received grace. God's headlines. And so Paul says, since you have been raised with Christ, raised up with Jesus. Set your minds on things above. Set your hearts on things above. Set your affections on the things that are eternal and not temporary. Because when you rest in temporary things, you'll only have temporary affections. When you're in temporary things, you'll have temporary moods. But when you have eternal affections, heaven is not swayed by what happens down here. Henry Matisse, I believe he's a French philosopher, he said this. There are always flowers for those who look for them. You'll be thinking, what does that mean? It means if you're looking for stuff, you'll find it. Most times we don't even see it, because we're not even looking for it. Right? And that's why Paul says, don't set your mind on earthly things, set them on things above. Change your perspective. And when you change your perspective, eventually your circumstance will change. Because as Henry Batiste says, there's always flowers for those who look for them. Let me give you another example of that saying. I was listening to a podcast and he was talking about his sister. His sister's birthday was coming up and his sister really wanted a poodle, right? So she would take cute pictures of poodles and send it to him like, you know, kind of subtle way, but not so subtle way of saying, hey, this is what I want for my birthday. <laughs> like, here's a poodle, here's some cute poodles, this looks awesome. Isn't this cute? So he'd be getting all these texts of these poodles. And then all of a sudden, he, used to, he was out in shopping, he was doing a run, he's noticing poodles everywhere. I'm like, where did all these poodles come from? I never knew poodle, that many poodles existed in my world. He's like, I'm on the street corner, and there's someone walking two poodles. I'm driving down, and there's another person with a poodle. You know, I'm in the, in a, in the shopping center, and there's poodles in the cages. I'm like, what's going on? Did, was there a conspiracy of poodles? And he says, no. He just wasn't looking for it before. But when his sister sent him all these things, he began to notice them. They already existed. That neighbor that had the poodles, they already walked by him all the time. He just didn't pay attention. When he was in the shopping center, he didn't go in the, in the pet store and look for poodles. He just walked by and he didn't notice anything. But because his attention was focused in on it, he began noticing them everywhere. When you look for flowers, you'll find them. When you walk down the street, you don't even see anything. Because you're not looking for them. But if you stop and say, hey, I want to look for some flowers, I guarantee you'll find them. That's what Henry Matisse says. When you look for something, you'll find it. When you look for the right perspective, you're going to find it. When you don't get caught up in all the distractions and all the stuff and look for what God is doing in your world, you're going to find it. What challenge are you facing today? What are you going through that you find overwhelming or exhausting or consuming or, or just taking up all of your time? And maybe you can't change your circumstances because the reality is maybe you can't. But hey, you can change your perspective. Paul, who shares so many wise words with us, he tells this to the Corinthian church, which I think is amazing as well. I'll read to you. He says this. As Christ followers, he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, do not lose heart, for your light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So fix your eyes in the right place. Set your minds in the right place. Set your hearts in the right place. Set your affections in the right place. When we fix our eyes on the things that are unseen, we begin to write our own headlines. I am loved regardless of what is going on in my life. I am forgiven because God loves me. I am blessed because He is with me. I'm never alone because my God is always with me. I'm not forsaken. I have a future. I have a plan. And I have a God who loves me." That is the headline that you can write in your world. And you don't have to be thrown back and forth. Again, You'll always find flowers when you look for them. So write your own headlines. As I close, I want to leave you with two questions, as I always do. Take them away this week. They should be portable and memorable, so you can take them with you, meditate on them, see how they work in your life, and we'll encourage you and help you build your relationship with God. So what challenges are you facing? How can you ask God to shape your thinking about it? Right? What is the challenge that you are facing right now? Some of you it might be financial, some of you it might be marital, some of you it might be physical, some of you it might be health concerns, some of you might be things that are out of your control. What is your challenge? What are you facing? How can you ask God? To give you his perspective. Take some time, read some of the scriptures we mentioned today, and ask God to shape your thinking based on who you are and whose you are. Not on what's happening around you, but what God is doing in you. Number two How can you focus more? on the one who can help your circumstance rather than the circumstance itself. Stop focusing on the circumstance, but focus on the one who can help your circumstance. So much time and effort we put into worrying about how this is going to get done and how we're going to do this and how we're going to take care of that and how we're going to pay this bill. How am I going to take care of this? So much time we put our energy into that. But how we shift our focus a little bit into the one who is able to take care of all of our circumstances. Help us through the difficult seasons of our life. And so we can write our own headlines. Stand with me. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening.